Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you all. Thanks for being here at Lake Point. Hey, I want to welcome uh, all of our campuses and those of you that might be joining us online. Uh, my name is uh, Mike, in case we never got to meet before, and I get the privilege of uh, being on the teaching team at this awesome place, and it really is a great honor uh, to get to be a part uh, of this team. Uh, we're in this series where we're uh, primarily, but not exclusively, uh, talking to guys, uh, but that doesn't mean you ladies can check out. Uh, because I have found it's pretty cool the way God speaks to everybody in their unique way, uh, if you're willing to, to listen to him, and especially this weekend, because uh, we're, we're talking today about raising kids. And there are so many great moms and dads here at Lake Point. Man, we got single moms and dads, we got blended families, we got foster families, grandparents, uh, parenting, raising grandkids, aunts, uncles, neighbors, teachers, coaches, small group leaders, all pitching in to help with the raising of kids. And I just want to say we're so grateful for all of you, the way you pour your lives uh, into the lives of kids. I especially love being a dad. When Pastor Josh gave me this topic, I thought, yes, because being a dad has been one of the greatest privileges of my life. Uh, Debbie and I, we have three kids, uh, Jody, Derek, and Drew. And they are now our best friends, love hanging out with them. And we now have 10 grandkids, which is it's pretty amazing for a 42-year-old guy. It just is. But we got, we got Hayden and Bryce and Tyler and Jack and Levi and Chloe and Brooks and Layton and Crosby and Dutton. And man, they are so much fun. I, I can remember uh, years and years ago when our youngest son, Drew, was probably, I'm, I'm guessing he was probably, I don't know, uh, four or five and we're on a little beach vacation in North Carolina, and I'm walking down the beach, and Drew's following behind me, and I can hear him giggling. So I turn around, I go, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Nothing." And then I walk a little further, he giggled more. "What are you doing?" He goes, "Nothing." And then we walk a little further, and heard him again. I jumped around real quick, said, "What are you doing?" I caught him in midair. He goes, "I'm walking in your footprints." I'm like, "Oh man, <laughs> he really is, isn't he?" Uh, and that's what they're doing. A few years back, that same kid became a dad, and he and his wife, Laura, got started with twins, which is a great way to start your, uh, your parenting. Uh, now they have four kids, and he told me that he started following someone on Twitter called Honest Toddler. It's some guy writing like he is an actual toddler, speaking in his mind, uh, it's, and they're pretty funny, such as this. Uh, tonight's bedtime story was about three pigs struggling with repeated home invasions. Thanks for the new fear. I love this. Dinner. Getting a lecture about spinach 
from someone whose bones crack in eight places every time they stand. I love this one. Don't know where my next meal is coming from, but I sincerely hope it's not Pinterest. <laughs> this one just made me laugh. Dora, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told the man with the yellow hat. Ditch the monkey. He writes, funny, funny how after 10 p.m., asking for a sip of water is on the same level as attempted murder. And then the last one, the problem with you people is that you think children are like smartphones and upgrading every two years is normal. While it is impossible to upgrade kids, we can upgrade the way we parent those kids. And all of us can become much more intentional about becoming not just good dads, but great dads. Not just good moms, but good, great moms. And I, and I think most dads, most moms would agree when I say I wouldn't trade being a parent for anything in this world. But at the same time, raising kids can be one of the most intimidating, exhausting, and challenging adventures you will ever undertake. And it doesn't matter if you got kids in diapers, you got kids in grade school, you're trying to help them navigate the middle school and high school years. Uh, every parent, every grandparent faces the same challenge. How do we, as imperfect people, provide the framework and the guardrails and the discipline and the loving environment to raise our kids to be healthy, productive, difference-making adults in this world? I mean, how do we, along the way, give them wings so that someday they can actually soar. Now, before we get into that, you need to know something about me. I am so far from being an expert in the field of parenting. I haven't written any books on the topic. I have no degree in family dynamics. I'm not a family therapist. I'm just talking to you today as the extremely imperfect father of three. And I'm just telling you, if you don't have God involved in the raising of your kids, if you don't hit your knees regularly, it's just going to be a long uphill struggle for you. You got to come to God and say, God, I'm trying to do my best, but I need your best. I need your wisdom to pull this off. I found along the way that I had to get a perfect father involved. So let me quickly give you some principles I've just been learning on the job for 40 years now. Um, they all have a wisdom proverb from God's book attached to them, and they all begin with the letter D, so maybe make it easier for you to remember these things. First thing, if you're going to give kids wings, the kind of wings they, they need, you have to start early and give them freedom for discovery. Give them freedom for discovery. You know, kids are so creative, and they're so innately curious. God made them that way. While it is our job to give our kids safe, loving, protective boundaries, we also have to give them room to explore and play and stretch their imagination and search in life for what's really true. We create a freedom that enables them to distinguish good from evil, truth from trash, as they search within those loving boundaries that we've established. We teach them, Proverbs eleven twenty seven: if you search for good, you'll find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. And kids will learn that principle very quickly. Isn't it fun to watch kids discover brand new things? I mean, some of you are at that stage right now where you got like, Every day, your two-year-old is discovering something brand new, how to open the kitchen cabinets, how to flush oranges down the toilet, 
how to, how to bow their back so you cannot even get them in that car seat. You know what I'm talking about. And kids are so observant about everything. I remember a story that, that Bruce Larson told one time. They were on vacation uh, hiking as a family in, in, in California, and they came up on a sign that said, Naturalist Camp. So being lovers of God's creation, they proceeded into what they thought was a nature preserve. In actuality, it was a nudist camp. And all of a sudden, a group of people, buck naked, riding bicycles, started toward them. And, a, and their five-year-old said, oh, man, they're not wearing helmets. <laughs> I mean, kids are so observant, aren't they? And they were designed by God to be explorers, seekers, if you will. So you got to give them appropriate freedom for discovery. Make sure that they have plenty of unstructured time in their life. Don't overschedule them to the point where there's just no room for make-believe. And can I give you some pre-Christmas shopping advice Instead of searching like every store and every online site for that perfect Christmas gift, give them one of these. It's all they need. You're going to do, bro, come on, man. That's just a box. No, no, this is not a box. This is a race car. This, this is a garbage truck right here. This is the Millennium Falcon flying through space, fighting with Jedi warriors. This, this is a veterinary clinic where all the stuffed animals come and get checked out. It's not just a box. Come on. And don't create such a HGTV dream home thing that you won't let your kids take the couch cushions and make a fort. Create spaces where they can be messy where they can learn to paint and draw and create and glue and glitter and let them color outside the lines. And by all means, let them draw it. And if you do that, you'll begin to see these little individual wings start to sprout as you give them freedom for discovery. And while you're at it, let them dance their own dance. Let them dance their own dance. Our, our, our grandson, Levi, is hilarious. Flaming redhead. He's just really a funny kid. He dances constantly. It's, it's, he's 10 years old now. He, he dances when he's playing shortstop. He dances on the end of the diving board. Walking into church, the kid is dancing. He's just, he just dancing all the time. And every kid is unique that way. They all got their own dance. So as you give them wings, you encourage them to be who God designed them to be. Here's the deal. They're not like their brother. They're not like their sister. Although there may be some genetic similarities, they're not like their dad. They're not like mom. God made them a whole lot like them. That's what it says in Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train a child in the way that he or she should go. And when they're old, they'll not turn from that. Now, we, we, have, we have seen this verse. Many of us as, as parents have seen that verse talking about how we point them toward God. But the Hebrew word for the way carries the connotation of a, of a bent. While there is just one ultimate way to point our kids toward God, there also is that unique bent that he ought to go, that unique way that she ought to go. I mean, if you've got a little, you know, extroverted leader, help her develop those leadership skills. If you've got a little introverted, you know, Lego engineer, help him discover those creative gifts. I was hanging out with one of my best friends, uh, 
just uh, two nights ago, and we got talking about this, how when he was a young dad, he came to me and said, bro, man, I got, a, I got an issue. I got, got three kids, and two of them I really relate to because they love sports, and I, you know, I, was, I was an athlete growing up, and I, but my other son, he doesn't like sports. He just likes to play with Legos all the time. I don't know how to relate to him. And I said, dude, here's the deal. He's a lot smarter than you. <laughs> so just go to him and ask him how to do stuff, and he'll teach you. So he started playing Legos with, it, with, it, with his son intentionally, just saying, how do you do that? Show me how you do that. And they have a great relationship these days. In fact, this kid's now in his 30s, and guess what he's doing? He's an architect designing skyscrapers in New York City. That's his jump from Legos, right? There's a tendency that we have to try to force our kids into the mold that we want for them. We say, that, that's, that's what I want them to be. Let them dance their own dance. I, I, I coached a lot of years, and I was standing with a dad one time at, the, at the, like the backstop of a baseball game, and he turned to me, a total stranger, and said, as he watched his son struggle to play, I always wanted a ball player, and I got a sissy. And I just, I cringed. And I said, oh, man, no, you know what you got, man. You got a wonderfully bright, creative, unique, sensitive kid that you are trying to make into a ball player. Just let them dance their own dance. And while you're at it, help them, help them dream their dreams. You know, all three of our kids are, are so different. Now, they all have similar interests, and they all have similar sense of humor and stuff like that, but they are very, very uh, unique. Uh, I, I like to think of our, our three kids as like th three different color balloons. Jody would be this one right here. When she was a kid, she was the red balloon. She was, she was the party waiting to assemble. Uh, she was that kid that was really outgoing, and she was always, you know, writing dramas and plays where they could all do them together, and she always had the lead part, and Derek and Drew had to be like props. She was always the speaker, you know, of all of, all of it, and so it's no surprise that today she's an incredible leader and a really, really gifted speaker. Derek is kind of, I would say he's kind of the, the blue balloon guy, just solid, dependable, kind of the romantic. He's, he uh, he's, uh, 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 can do anything. And we learned at an early age that Derek had a real aptitude for music. And so I bought him a guitar and I taught him the five chords I know. I still know five chords. He knows 500 now. And he plays bass, he plays guitar, he plays drums, he plays keys. I mean, you name it, the guy can do about anything. And he's still this dependable, reliable, behind-the-scenes kind of guy that can help in any situation. And then Drew was kind of this guy. He was kind of, I would just say, kind of, uh, kind of a gold, quiet, kind of quiet leader that people just wanted to follow. He didn't say a whole lot, but, man, they wanted to, they wanted to follow him. And Drew was really good at sports, so I, I tried to lean into that with him. And I remember one time we were sitting at a, a graduation ceremony, sitting on the back row, and people were coming across stage, and they would say something about each kid, like, this is Todd, and Todd dreams of someday being a doctor. This is, this is Josh. Someday he wants a seat on the Supreme Court. This is Mary. She plans on being a lawyer someday. I mean, all these different things. So I turned to Drew. He's a freshman at the time. I said, hey, what are they going to say about you in a couple of years? He said, oh, they're going to say, Drew, bro, uh, just turned down a scholarship to play basketball at the University of Kentucky and dreams of a long career in the NBA. I said, no, I'm not going to say that. You know what they're going to say, man? 
they're going to say, Drew Bro turned down a scholarship so he could stay home and try to beat his dad in the driveway for once. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm elbowing him. He's elbowing me. We're trash talking on, on the back row. And he was a really good athlete, and, and it served him well as far as his leadership. And I tell you what, our kids, uh, I couldn't be more proud of our kids. All three of them are just amazing people, have high character. They're living their own unique dreams with their own unique gifts, their own unique personality. But, man, they love God, and they love each other. And I'm so grateful for the way my perfect father has shaped the three of them. You know, parents say some stupid things, don't we? Things like, you want a spanking? Yes, yes. I thought you would never ask. We say stupid things like, who do you think you are? Uh, do we need to wear name tags in the house? Dad, what are you talking about? Stupid things like, don't make me come in there. You're going, Dad, you haven't been out of that chair in 10 years. You're not, you're not, you're not coming in here. Uh, one time I just wondered out loud, I wonder if Joseph ever said to Jesus when he left the back door open, boy, you born in a barn? Yes, actually I was. You might remember that manger thing, you know. Well, parents say some stupid things like, you'll never amount to anything. Why can't you be more like your brother? You're more trouble than you're worth. All you do is screw up. I can't wait till you're 18 and you're out of here. Parents say some really stupid things. Dads, listen to me. Be their biggest cheerleader. Be their biggest encourager. Dream with your kids. Spur them on saying, you know what, man? You could. I believe that you can someday. And at least you ought to give it a try. Because you know what? God, God has so much in store for you. And I'm so glad that he made you, you, and you are going to rock this world someday. Never discourage a dreamer. When you roll your eyes and say, there's no way you could ever do that, that's impossible. That is toxic and disabling to a child. Always say, you know what? That's a great dream. And you know what? God, he will lead you as you pursue that dream. Now, he may take you a totally different direction with your life. But I think that dream's a great starting point for you. Because Proverbs 16, 9 says, we can make our plans. We have permission to dream our dreams. But the Lord determines our steps. And as you're helping them discover who they uniquely are in God's eyes, equip them with disciplines. Equip them with disciplines. You know, nobody has ever soared very high or lasted very long or achieved very much without discipline in their life. I mean, we are a testimony to that in our own lives. Discipline's an indispensable tool to us. And it will serve your kids well if early on you will start to equip them with disciplines like a strong work ethic and good study habits and wise money management and how to treat your body and how to treat other people and how to have good manners and the discipline of putting the pain before the pleasure and decision-making skills and conflict resolution and how to have a consistent time of personal worship and Bible study and prayer, the discipline of solitude and gratitude and the discipline of serving other people, the discipline of living beyond themselves. I mean, Jesus tried to tell us this and he tried to model for us saying, if you want to pursue a life of greatness, you got to go serve somebody. And there is a ton of research these days that back up what Jesus was talking about. There was a study done over in the UK. They did 40, 40 different studies over a 20-year period of time. They asked the question, is there a connection between happiness, fulfillment, and selflessness? 
Uh, is there a connection between having a great life and serving other people? And the answer came back a resounding yes. And it was really amazing for teenagers. They found that students who regularly served, regularly volunteered somewhere to help somebody else, they experienced far less drug addiction, far less unplanned pregnancies. They had a much higher health esteem. They were healthier mentally and physically. In fact, the study concluded, even if you have to force your teenager to volunteer, do it. Because they found that kids who learn how to serve other people early on generally carry that goodness into adulthood because it just becomes part of who they are. Proverbs 5.23 says, death is the reward of an undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end. So many of us, we know the truth of that in our own life, don't we? Discipline is, is vital. And, and, and although they wouldn't publicly admit it, there is a very real sense of security that kids experience when they grow up knowing that there are rules, that there are limits, that there are boundaries. Life without guardrails, man, it's a pretty scary life. That's why it says in Proverbs 19, 18, discipline your children while they are young enough to learn. If you don't, you're just helping them destroy themselves. And dads, let me say this to you. When you do have to discipline your child, you got to do it the way God does with compassion and consistency, not by like dropping the hammer. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 reminds us, fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. You take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Because too many times as parents, when our kids step out of bounds, we attack the person instead of the performance. And there's a big difference between saying, you weren't being truthful when you said that, were you? And you are such a liar. One goes after the problem. The other goes after the person. In those moments, the child must know that he or she is completely loved so that the reprimand is not mistaken as a loss of your love for them. You come to the sense and say, you know what? You know I love you. And I always will love you. Nothing's ever going to change that. You are a great kid, and I could not be prouder that you are mine. However, we can't allow that to happen again because that's really bad for you. It's really bad for our family. So here's the consequences. Father, don't, don't exasperate your children. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. And if our goal is to watch our kids soar on their own one day, we also must point them the right direction. Point in the right direction. I love this little passage in Proverbs chapter 4. It's a dad just talking directly to his kid. He says, my child, I will teach you wisdom's ways. And I will lead you in straight paths. If you live a life guided by wisdom, then you won't limp or stumble as you run. I love this. This, this verse is like a dad sitting down with his kids and saying, listen to me, guys. I'm going to make some mistakes to be sure, but I promise you I'm going to do my best to lead you in the right direction. I will do my best to model in front of you what love looks like, what humility looks like, what gratitude and courage and tenderness look like. I, I will intentionally rearrange my schedule to let you know that I would rather be with you than any other place on earth. I will always point you toward a life guided by the wisdom of God. That is my commitment to you as a dad. And I got to ask you right now, how many of you dads will make that kind of commitment to your kids today? And kids, if you have a parent that is that committed to you, man, what a gift you have. And this proverb would be for you. Proverbs 6, 20, young man, young woman, obey your father and your mother. Take to heart all of their advice. Keep in mind everything they tell you. 
Every day and all night long, their counsel will lead you and save you from harm. When you wake up in the morning, let their instruction guide you into the new day. For their advice is a beam of light directed into the dark corners of your mind to warn you of danger and give you a good life. Debbie and I were walking down. Uh, we had a long driveway. Uh, we were living uh, out in the country a little bit. And where we were living, it gets really dark at night. It gets really dark at night everywhere. But, but we didn't have any street lights. We didn't have any street lights, so it, it, seemed, it seemed darker out there. So we're walking down this long driveway, and I look up in the sky and see all these stars. I mean, they were very far away, but they were also very, very brilliant and, and beautiful. And then I notice a crescent moon, one of those fingernail moons, you know what I'm talking about? It was brilliant too, but so far away, but it was still just beautiful. And then at the same time, off in the distance, about 10 miles away from the airport, I could see a searchlight start sweeping through the sky. I mean, all these lights are going on in the sky at the same time. But the one that got my attention the most was a firefly, a lightning bug right in front of my nose. And my philosophical mind started churning. And I thought, you know what? I might not be the brightest light. I might not be the fanciest, biggest light in my kid's galaxy, but I can be the closest one. So I want to model compassion in front of them. I want to get up close. I want to model authenticity. I want to get up close. I want to model truth-telling. I want to model generosity. And maybe if I get up close and I do that often, maybe all the other lights of this world won't entice them so much. One more as you work toward giving them wings. Pray for godly discernment. Pray for godly discernment because our kids are going to face so many crossroads. You know, we, we can say stuff like, well, yeah, I hear you. You think you have a tough, though? Well, back in my day. Now, there are certainly similar challenges that we had that our kids have, but I'm telling you, in this current culture, it is so tough to navigate. There was no social media back in my day. So many temptations out there, so many invitations for our kids to mess up their lives, so many doubts that get implanted in their minds, so much cynicism, so much anger, so much attacks on their true identity. They're going to struggle with relationship choices. They're going to be in situations where their own strength is just not going to be enough. So you start praying early on, God, please give my child discernment. Proverbs 3, 21, my son, my daughter, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you. For the Lord, who can be with you 24-7, will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. I'm telling you, discernment is a great gift. It's that godly wisdom in your child that prompts him, don't go down that street, don't get in that car, don't fall for that guy, you stay away from that party, don't listen to them, they're feeding you a line, don't read the comment section, that's not who you are discernment is such a great gift from God, and I think every kid deserves to have it. So dads, moms, early on, you implant God's Word in their heart, and you hang out with them a lot so you can model what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. And you talk about situations ahead of time. You help them establish wise guardrails in their life, healthy boundaries, and you stress to them the value of discernment. You say, you know what? There are many things I pray for you. But most of all, I pray that you will find the wisdom of God to lead your life. He has certainly honored that for our daughter, Jody. I may have told you before, but when Jody was in high school, 
um, she got off track a little bit. And let me just say this to all you parents. Uh, not that we did, but you, you, can, you can just do a great job of parenting. But your kids can still make bad choices because they are also imperfect, fallible human beings with, own, with their own free will. And Jody started doing some of that and would try to lie about it. And we didn't know what was going on at school and the different roads she was going down and went down some, some, some dark paths. And so I started praying. We started hearing some stuff and started confronting her on some stuff. And she denied everything. And so I started praying. Uh, I prayed two prayers. I prayed, God, it's your kid. I can't be with her 24-7, but you can. So I'm just trusting that you love her more than I do. The second thing I would pray is, and God... Help her become a lousy liar. I prayed that almost every day. And she was a lousy liar, man. She could not cover her tracks. And eventually, everything caught up with her. And she got tired of living two lives and came unraveled like a cheap sweater. And to make a long story short, she surrendered her life to Jesus Christ and let him lead her life. And her senior year of high school, she was homeschooled with a couple of other girls. And that was really cool for them. And then she spent a year in Haiti uh, in a medical mission, working with orphans and medical care, and it's just life-changing for her. And now she is a teaching pastor at Mission Church out in Ventura, California. But during that time away when she was in Haiti, Debbie and I got out her, her baby book. Uh, my wife has been praying for God's discernment in Jody's life since the day she was born. The very first prayer that was recorded in her baby book was a prayer for discernment. Deb wrote this as a 22-year-old mom. Let me just read it to you from Jody's baby book. Debbie wrote, God, I pray for our new little girl that as she grows to love you, she will be able to discern what's right and wrong, good and evil, what's important and what's not, earthly treasures and eternal ones. And today, Jody possesses that gift and she's passing it along to her three girls. You know, I, I love to watch those balloon launches. You know, a bunch of little kids will get the balloons and, and, and you know, they just let them go toward the sky. And I just think as a parent, that's it, man. We just, we just take our individually colorful kids and we just try to fill them up with all the right stuff and we point them toward heaven and we just... Eventually, just let them go. Gang people used to tell me, they'd say, son, you need to cherish this opportunity with your kids because it goes by so fast. And I used to think, yeah, it's just what old people say. Now that I'm old people, can I say this to you? You need to cherish this time with your kids because it goes by so fast. You got one shot. And they're looking to you for leadership. Mary Corzon writes from, this perspective, from the perspective of our kids. When, when you thought I wasn't looking, you hung my first painting on the refrigerator. And I wanted to paint another one. When you thought I wasn't looking, you fed a stray cat. And I thought it was a good idea to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, you said a prayer. And I believed that there was a God that I could always talk to. When you, when you thought I wasn't looking, you kissed me goodnight. And I felt the whole world was right. When you thought I wasn't looking, I, I saw tears come from your eyes. And I learned that sometimes things hurt 
And it's okay to cry. When you thought I wasn't looking, you cared. And I want to be everything I could be. When you thought I wasn't looking, I looked. And I want to say thanks for all those things you did when you thought I wasn't looking. They're looking. They really are walking in our footprints. So what do you say we walk with Jesus? Let's pray about it. Father, I'm just grateful I could even address you that way to say, Father, because that's who you are and you're perfect and you're good and you're wise and we need you. God, you, you, you know what an what a absolute blessing it's been in my life to be a dad. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and now to be a granddad. It's so fun. God, I just want to pray for every man here that has a role in a kid's life, whether they're a dad or a, maybe a stepdad or, or maybe somebody that's coming alongside another family of kids or they're coaching or they're teaching or they're you know, teaching music or whatever. God, I just I pray that you would just turn them into the best version of the man you want them to be so they can just pour good stuff into the life of their kids. God, I, I pray that as parents, you would give us intentionality, that we would make right decisions ourselves. We would look at our calendars and make sure that we're blocking off time to just big, big amounts of time so we can pour in the kids because we never know when a moment's going to happen in that big block of time. God, I thank you for the value that this church puts on family. I thank you for the way we were able to pour into each other and help each other thrive that way. So, Lord, whatever you want to teach us today, whatever your Holy Spirit wants to stamp in our heart and our mind today, whatever hit us today, God, I pray we just focus on that one thing and let you go to work in us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church slash digital.